Welcome to Legal Toolkit, bringing you the latest legal trends and business initiatives to help you manage your law firm with your host, Jared Correa. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Legal Toolkit podcast here on the Legal Talk Network. If you're looking for professional sports of any kind, well, they're on their way back, except for maybe Major League Baseball and the NBA. Oh, well, we almost had something positive to lean on there. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. If you're a first-time listener, welcome home. And if you're Pumbaa from The Lion King, you're perhaps unexpectedly wise. As always, I'm your show host, Jared Korea, And in addition to casting this pod, I am the CEO of Red Cave Law Firm Consulting, which offers subscription-based law practice management consulting services to law firms, bar associations, and legal vendors. Check us out at redcavelegal.com. I'm also the COO of Gideon Software, Inc., which offers chatbot software built specifically for law firms. Find out more at www.gideon.legal. And when I'm not hosting this podcast, I actually have another one with my wife. It's called The Lobby List, and we talk about family travel. Fun topic, right? Except we're not doing much family travel right now. But here on The Legal Toolkit, we provide you with a new tool each episode to add to your own legal toolkit so that your practices will become more and more like best practices. In this episode, we're going to discuss the state of workers' rights at a time when the nature of work changes every day. And I just referred to Major League Baseball, National Basketball Associations, which is having its own employment issues right now. But before I introduce today's guests, let's take a moment to thank our sponsors. We would like to thank Alert Communications for sponsoring this podcast. If any law firm is looking for call, intake, or retainer services available 24-7, 365, just call 866-827-5500. Six, eight. Scorpion is the leading provider of marketing solutions for the legal industry. With nearly 20 years of experience serving attorneys, Scorpion can help grow your practice. Learn more at scorpionlegal.com. Abby Connect has delivered premium live receptionist and answering services to lawyers since 2006. You can try them out for free at abbyconnect.com. TimeSolve is the number one web-based time and billing software for lawyers. Providing solutions since 1999, TimeSolve provides the most comprehensive billing features for law firms, big and small. www.timesolve.com. All right, without further ado, my guest today is Samuel Pond of Pond Law Hockey, Pennsylvania's largest workers' compensation law firm. The firm also practices social security disability, short and long-term disability, as well as employment law, and has offices across the nation. Sam is a managing partner at the law firm and leads the workers' compensation practice. Sam, welcome to the big show. Well, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, this is going to be fun. So you're a veteran of these sorts of things, right? You used to have a radio show in Philadelphia called The Legal Eagles because you're an Eagles fan. Do you like the band The Eagles or did you just pick that name because it rhymed? Well, if it was had something to do with the band, not that I have anything against the, the, the band The Eagles. I like The Eagles. I like their music. <laughs> but if it was going Fair. to be named after the band, it would have been the Rolling Stones uh, radio show. Gotcha. So, but, you know, we are, actually our firm is the only law firm that is the official partner or sponsor of the Philadelphia Eagles. So we, we partner with the Philadelphia Eagles and have partnered with the Philadelphia Eagles for a number of years. Oh. Um, and it's been a great relationship. Uh, being born and raised in Philadelphia in the Philadelphia neighborhood with all the crazy uh, Philly sports fans, you were talking about sports <laughs> in your introduction. Right. And, and maybe, by the way, just as a side note, Major League Baseball to get their act together, but that's another issue. <laughs> Tell me about it. So, um, <laughs> but the, yeah, you're talking about, you know, failure to communicate between two parties. Boy, they do have a big abyss uh, between them. But yeah. getting back to the, to the show, uh, it was more about, you know, the folks that were 
running the show and producing the show and thought it would be a good idea. So we, we picked that name. Oh, let me tell you, I probably had a worse time during Super Bowl 52 than you did, but that's all right. I'll let it pass for the sake of this podcast. Well, um, I, I feel your pain. Uh, being a Philadelphia Eagles fan, It's not. it was just not one Super Bowl year for us. We, we, right. we had our moment in, in the sun, and it was long overdue. Absolutely. Not a picnic being an Eagles fan, I know. And it wasn't a picnic being a Patriots fan for many years, although nah. we've been rewarded since. <laughs> oh, I remember. I, yeah, I remember. And But you know, you have to, look, you have to, yeah, hats off to the Patriots and, and, and all they did under Belichick and their ownership. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just remember Rod Rust. So I've yeah. been there for a while. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about this subject matter of the podcast, right? Like workers' rights, which I think is a really interesting topic to dive down onto like today in this day and age because there's so much happening with the nature of work. So you specialize in workers' compensation and have for a while. So why did you end up concentrating in that practice area to begin with? I know it's hot right now, but when you started, why'd you make that choice? Well, it's hot right now, but I'm not quite sure how hot it will be because in Pennsylvania, <laughs> most people are working from home. And so, you know, home injuries aren't common and right. there's a large unemployment, but we'll get through this. Yeah. To get back to your question, you know, I grew up in a Philadelphia neighborhood, working class neighborhood, worked in a number of unions through my time in my teenage years and also when I was at Drexel University undergrad business mm. degree and then to, to Temple School of Law, where I actually am a professor now teaching workers' comp. Boy, you're um, a Philly guy through and through. Yeah, I worked at Schmidt's Brewery, worked at the Philadelphia Inquirer, and worked at Tasty Cake, three big brands <laughs> here in the city. Nice. Um, so Are you my eating parents, a cheesesteak right now? I, well, you know, it's not a daily consumption, but uh, <laughs> boy, I would love to have it be, but I don't know if I have the tail or take out my pants all the time. So, but that's a whole other show that we could have on, on Philly cheesesteaks. But both parents suffered work injuries. And my father was a machinist at the gas works here, had his pension denied. They didn't pursue work comp cases. My mom had a broken hip at work and then had complications and died. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So both of them died my first year of law school. So you know, came from a somewhat working class background and then in workers' comp in Pennsylvania. And, and it's also this way, Jared, in other jurisdictions, it allows you to litigate. If you'd like to litigate, if you'd like to be in a courtroom, uh, and here in Pennsylvania, we try cases. So we're in court and we're also doing trial depositions yeah. daily. It really allows you to do that. And for me, not necessarily being kind of a library research guy, although I didn't mind that, Mm -hmm. And rather being on my feet and in the moment of litigation, it really fell into my wheelhouse. And quite frankly, I just love representing my clients against big insurance companies and big employers. It's somewhat of a David and Goliath swing at windmills, but it's allowed me to step in and, and really address injustices, which at my dinner table was not tolerated. And, it, and I still get, if I have a fault in my litigation, I probably get too involved and take it a little too personally uh, in litigating my cases, which, um, you know, you, you can't do that. But I, I yeah. still get very worked up in regard to how insurance companies treat my clients. That's great. I mean, sad news. I mean, sad about your parents, obviously, but spinning that off and having such a positive effect on other people's lives is an important thing. I think that one of the other things that, that, that you know, and everyone says that, but, you know, it's, you learn, you, whatever, you, whatever you learn in, in life, you, 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 you hopefully you grow from it. And I think yep. the other part of that is, don't, everyone has their woes. And, and quite frankly, I had a, a really great childhood and I've had a great life. But I don't think I would ever felt like, you know, what happened to my parents in any way made me a victim of anything. So mm. that those kind of lessons are, are very important, especially when you begin representing people 
and them, them being them counting on you and, and having your trust to, so that you can perform for them because you know in our business in our profession these clients their lives are really in our hands oh yeah absolutely well let's let's turn this around a little bit and put yourself in the shoes of a young attorney right maybe a law student who's thinking about taking the same career path that you did would you advise them to do that what are the pros what are the cons how does that look yeah, it's a great question, and and I like the I like the way you you, you ask it in the, in regard to the pros and the cons, and and, <laughs> and the and, and the pros are if you like to litigate, it's a good area to practice, assuming yep. you're in a state that allows you to have trial access. Some states are more of a processing system, mm-hmm. but a lot of states are litigation. So if you like to litigate, and you like to you know get a little action in the courtroom and in depositions, I think this is really where where you're you're going to be all in. Some of the cons are is that most systems, and we'll talk a little bit more about the progressive era in this show, I'm, I'm sure, but you know, the, the workers' compensation systems came into effect in the early part of the 20th century, and they were really motivated mm-hmm. by employers because employers didn't want to be sued anymore. And in Pennsylvania, <laughs> the, mine, you know, the coal mine owners got sick of having widows sue them for yep. fatal claims in, in wrongful, wrongful death cases, and that was a big liability. So workers' comp was developed as a grand bargain in 1915. I think it's really starting to erode. And, and I'm, I'm answering your question in this regard. Yeah. I think that the, the pie of cases, the number of cases that are out there se- seems to be eroding. And also the gig economy has affected our practice. Right. And, and, the, and the last con I'll have is that it's a very competitive space. In yep. Philadelphia, to break into a wor- the workers' compensation space on the claimant side would really be daunting. You would really need a lot of money to market and get those cases or have relationships, et cetera. We have a broad network with attorneys and unions, et cetera. Right. Um, we have uh, you know, a lot of marketing dollars. In that regard, it's a bit difficult. And I think that applies throughout most large metropolitan areas. Yeah, I think that's a fair response and a realistic one for attorneys who are thinking about this. So that's great. Let's talk about this from another construct. How about attorneys who are practicing currently who don't work in the workers' compensation or employment space? What is it that they should know about employee rights that they may not know? And I'll twist this question around and ask in a slightly different way before we finish. But yeah, to start with, what do they need to know? Why should they know it? And why should they know it now? Well, the question has application in almost 50 different ways because there's yeah. 50 different state systems. <laughs> right. And that applies not only workers' comp, but also in the federal system in, in, in employment law. So you really have to be aware. There's a lot of nuance, and it's, a, and again, another good question. And I know you're in the business of questions. So <laughs> it's another good question in that we have to be careful. For example, in Pennsylvania, you may not, you don't have a right to sue your employer for negligence. And that was part of the grand bargain. Everybody in Pennsylvania and every other state gave up a constitutional right to sue under the state constitutions in exchange for workers' comp. That's a big Mm -hmm. deal. However, you can get workers' comp, but you still may be able to sue your employer. For example, in Pennsylvania, if you are terminated because you pursued a workers' compensation case, you can pursue a case for wrongful termination under a case called Schick where you can sue your employer for damages. So there's a lot of nuances in regard to workers' comp, and there's a lot of nuance into the interaction between third-party personal injury law, workers' comp, social security disability, pensions, employment law. And unless you know the whole spectrum of those interactions, 
be very, very careful on mm. taking, taking on these cases. Makes sense. Um, all right, so we're going to take a break. We've reached the end of the first part of our show. Let me draw you attention to some words from our sponsors, and we'll come right back. Imagine billing day being the happiest day of the month instead of the day you dread. Nobody went to law school because they love drafting invoices for clients. At TimeSolve, our attorneys save on average over eight hours a month in billing work. That means more billable time and turning billing day into happy day. Learn more about how to get to your time and billing happy place at timesolve.com. That's www.timesolvelevoffthee.com. Remember, that's T-I-M-E-S-O-L-V.com. Your legal work requires your full attention. So how can you build lasting relationships with new or existing clients while juggling your caseload? Try Abby Connect, the friendly, highly trained and motivated live receptionists who are well known for providing consistent quality customer service and support to law firms just like yours. Every connection matters. So call Abby Connect today at 833-ABBY-WOW to get started with your free 14-day trial and $95 off your first bill. Thanks for coming back. I've returned from raiding my stash of frozen Charleston shoes that I keep in the refrigerator that nobody else knows about. So let's get back to our conversation with Sam Pond of Pond Lahaki about the state of workers' rights today. All right, so Sam, let's spend some time talking about one of the biggest employers in the world, Amazon. Your view is that Amazon falls short in terms of employees' rights. How is that the case? Well, I think that Amazon is really, and you talked about being one of the largest employers in the world, and they are, and they've become one of the largest employers in, in a lot of states. Mm-hmm. And because of their warehousing and their distribution network, and not only in regard to the fixed places of employment, but also their drivers as well. Most of their work is at a very low wage, and most of their work is in conditions that, quite frankly, are probably the most unsafe conditions that I've seen, and I represent a lot of construction workers, et cetera, that has really developed a lot of safety measures over the last couple decades. They demand production, they demand speed, and uh, they haven't really figured out how to make the place safe. People are Mm -hmm. literally running over each other in their warehouses. And there's also the unknown, and the unknown that's not talked about much are the drivers. The drivers are under the same demands of producing at a certain level. And if they don't, they're not around. And the interesting part about the drivers is they're part of the gig economy. And we could have a whole other show on the gig economy and the consequences (laughs) of the gig economy, because what they're doing is they're demanding on them and controlling them and yet not considering them as employees. And therefore, they don't have all the responsibility of someone being an employee, whether it's payroll taxes, whether it's paying into unemployment, And I think we're seeing the consequence of the gig economy without any kind of safety net, paying into the social security system, et cetera. So they're playing it fast and loose, and they're really really making profits off of human capital. So let's extend this conversation a little bit, because I think you can get deeper into this as well. Like You've actually compared the working conditions in the modern-day Amazon factories and, and work kind of nexus, including the drivers, to Upton Sinclair's The Jungle which was a pretty damning book about practices of business owners way back in the day. How does that analogy work for you? Yeah, it's, it's, I do. And it may not be a, a warehouse uh, in, you know, night or a meat packing house in 1908 in Chicago, but I'm going right. to tell you, it's, it's pretty darn close in regard to the, the modern era in, in, in 2020. 
you have to understand that Amazon has been very, very keen on coming into locales, and I'll give Pennsylvania as an example, mm-hmm. where mining has left, manufacturing has left, folks are looking for jobs, there's really no other employer there. They've kind of come in and been the main employer. People are lining up for these $10 an hour jobs without any benefits. They're going into there, they're, they're being exposed to forklifts, moving parts, machinery, no safeguards, no instruction, no adequate training, no management, no leadership, no collective bargaining agreement, no ability to unionize, no grievance process. You know, I can go on and on. Hmm. And it's really just coming in and, and burning people out or waiting till they get hurt and then just discarding them on the, on the human capital heap of hmm. used up parts. You know, they are at this point in our, in our firm, within a couple of years, they have become the largest number of claims that we have. Oh, wow. And they are in a network of just denying, denying, denying these claims repeatedly. It's a serial process. Mm-hmm. And, the process and, and the process doesn't allow any kind of deterrent to their behavior because the local folks and the local decision makers are saying, hey, we're welcoming you with work, open arms. We're giving you tax breaks. We're giving you land, et cetera, because you're creating jobs. And that's, that's trumping safety. That's trumping yeah. Yep. people's health and there has to be a better balance. All right. Now that we've really pissed off Jeff Bezos, like what do you, what do you think Amazon can do? I think I've pissed off Jeff Bezos once, once <laughs> before this, okay. or maybe once a day. <laughs> All right. Good to know. Good to I know. can't wait to have a beer with Jeff and he's, and he's buying by the way. Oh, totally. Yeah. You should definitely buy, maybe buy me a couple of beers too while we're at it. <laughs> so what can Amazon do better than moving forward? Oh, I think they can pay their people a decent wage. And I think that they ought to have a plan where, you know, they create employee loyalty. They create clearly better training. They have classroom training before people come in and understand what the process is, that they don't demand so much on production, that they have safety, better safety measures. They have safety officers. They have a safety department. They have a diversity committee. I can go a list of, it's a laundry (laughs) list of things that they could do better. Right. So now that we've gone there and my Amazon Prime subscription is probably being canceled as we speak, <laughs> um, listen to some words from our other sponsors and uh, we'll come back in a sec. Now more than ever, an effective marketing strategy is one of the most important things your law firm can have and Scorpion can help. With nearly 20 years of experience serving the legal industry, Scorpion has proven methods to help you get the high value cases you deserve. Join thousands of attorneys across the country who have turned to Scorpion for effective marketing and technology solutions. For a better way to grow your practice, visit scorpionlegal.com. As the largest legal-only call center in the U.S., Alert Communications helps law firms and legal marketing agencies with new client intake. Alert captures and responds to all leads 24-7, 365 as an extension of your firm in both Spanish and English. Alert uses proven intake methods, customizing responses as needed which earns the trust of clients and improves client retention. To find out how Alert can help your law office, call 866-827-5568 or visit alertcommunications.com slash LTN. All right, thanks for staying with us. I never left. Now let's continue on with Sam Pond of Pond La Hockey, who's been telling us about his experience and impressions of modern workers' compensation practice. Sam, I know you're a big Teddy Roosevelt guy, right? Mm-hmm. I'm very excited about this. We're setting a legal toolkit record right here. This will be the second podcast in a row where we've done a significant segment on Teddy Roosevelt, and I couldn't be happier. Let's talk about a historical I, I, figure. I, 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 probably Teddy's happy, too. 
I'm sure he is. <laughs> or he's rolling over in his grave. One right, of those two right, things. Right. Yeah, I, when, I, when I was younger, I, I read uh, Edmund Morris's three-part biography of Teddy Roosevelt, which mm-hmm. is amazing. If folks yep. haven't read it, like you should absolutely read that. But he was a pretty fascinating guy, historically. Yes. What's your favorite thing about Teddy Roosevelt? Well, I, I, you know, I think that Teddy Roosevelt was, oh God, you, you asked a question where I could so many to choose from, day. right? <laughs> yeah, I could, I could spend a, you know, you talk about death, and we talked about loss, and you know, to to, to lose his his mother and and his wife, I think, within a twenty four hour span in the same home, yeah, as a young guy, and to get her over that and move forward, and then you know, remarry and raise and raise his, his daughter that was born that day. There's one thing, uh, you know, he he just stood up. I think what Teddy Roosevelt did is similar to what Churchill did. He was a voice in the wilderness often. Mm-hmm. And he really, he really went against powerful forces and challenged them. And he was a patriot. But he also yeah. talked about, I think, and you know, we talk about what happened at the turn of the century and progressive. Well, a lot of the things, the changes in the workers' compensation systems and some other things that came about were really about Teddy Roosevelt. Even though he was an R, he was a progressive in yeah. bringing about Number one, protecting the environment, you know, conserving our natural resources, but also protecting workers. And I think he would be on the forefront of challenging Amazon and what they're doing right now in regard to how they're treating their workers. Oh, probably. Yep. But he was also someone that said, you know, you have to be involved in, you have to be a citizen. And one of the responsibilities of being the citizen, and I think everyone's ears right now should be perking up. One of the things that, and especially with the pandemic going on, one of the things he really, really hit on, and he gave the the great speech in Albany when he was a state rep, is about the responsibilities of being a citizen. In our firm, we talk about, and one of the things that I talked about on the radio program, the purpose of the radio program, Legal Eagles, was to educate people about their legal rights. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can have people watch TV and listen to radio about the, the, the most recent slicer dicer or the most recent gossip or the reality show or the latest diet. We need to educate people more about the most basic thing that the most important thing to them, and that is what are their legal rights? What are your rights under the Constitution of the United States, and what are your rights under the state constitutions? What does the rule of law mean? Because it's about the rule of law that gives us liberty. And there's nothing more important to you as a citizen to understand that responsibility. And what you have to do, as Teddy said, is to engage in civic responsibility. You have to vote. You have to be aware of candidates. You have to be part of the political process. You have to have your voice heard. And unless you're going to not do any of these things, you're really, really not living up to your responsibility as a citizen of the greatest republic ever to exist, that being the United States of America. And that is so important, yet it doesn't, it should be ringing through the halls, it should be ringing out of our, out of our, out of our computers and in our faces all the time, and yet it's not. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. Like people who have a modern notion of like what a Republican would be would probably be very surprised at some of the things Teddy Roosevelt did Absolutely. during his career, and and some of the stuff he mentioned. Like he was a very famous orator, right? He delivered the "Man in the Arena" speech, and you just referenced the duties of American citizenship speech he gave in 1883, right? So that's where he outlined some of these responsibilities for citizenship. So beyond like, but I also think I also and I, I mean I don't mean to interrupt you, but I also think we're, we're talking about some of the, what I mentioned earlier, and, and this is kind of the blend of what you get as an educate as to how you want to really act as a citizen. Mm-hmm. He was, he never allowed him himself to be a victim. 
even right. though he had loss, he said, I'm not going to be a victim. I'm going to continue to live my life. I'm going to, I'm going to make a difference in my world. And you don't look, you don't have to change the world. You could change one person's life. You could just be a better father. You could be a better employer. You could be a better employee, but he never allowed life's challenges or life's burdens. And I don't know if that's the correct word to stop him from moving forward. And that was ingrained in him and it was ingrained in his messaging. And he also said, get in the ring, that, that, famous, that famous speech, get in the ring of life, live it, don't be afraid of it. I think right now we're living in a world that there's a little too much fear and we have to get out of that fear mode. And for that, I think, you know, we, with this pandemic has become some of a political d- football, which is regrettable. But I think there's yeah. some argument on, and I'm, I'm a D, I'll just reveal that. There's some <laughs> argument on the R side about let's face things. Let's not, let's not cower in the face of challenges. Let's get out and, and face them head on. Oh, yeah, yeah. It makes sense. So furthering this topic a little bit, like responsibilities of citizenship, moving forward, advocating. Lawyers advocate all the time. So how can lawyers, and this will be my final question, better exemplify those uh, responsibilities of citizenship that Roosevelt talked about? And also, how can lawyers work to help workers who are experiencing unsafe conditions, even if they're not employment lawyers, quote unquote? Well, I, I think that, first of all, the, the, the profession of law is sacred. All professions are sacred, but we're, we are within our profession are really the the keys to liberty and the keys to the rule of law and without that we don't we don't even have a capitalist system we don't have a market driven system we don't have the ability to have free speech and everything else that we have under our constitution so what we really need to do is to honor the profession so i think that folks can't take for granted having a license to practice law and understand that there's certain basic fundamental things that we have and that is honesty that is trust that is the ability to make a difference and understand that the courthouse is really the game changer, is the equalizer between the powerful and the weak. So what can lawyers do? I think lawyers have to be involved even doing pro bono work in regard to what's happening to some frontline workers. It's a shame what's happened to some of our frontline workers in regard to this pandemic. Number one, they weren't kept safe enough, even when we understood that there was the opportunity to do so. And that Amazon is one of those employers. Number mm-hmm. two is that they were just, they're just not been treated fairly by most of these employers. And I'm talking about health systems, not treating nurses correctly. I have a number of these cases. Transportation workers, not treated fairly, denied their cases, told to use personal time to deal with their time out for being COVID. So we can all Hmm. get involved, especially this time. We all have the ability to do pro bono work and take those cases on, especially in a time of pandemic. And there's a special responsibility of being a lawyer and, and making sure that you practice at a very high level as a professional. And that's very sacred. Awesome. All right, everybody get out there, take some action. Sadly, we've reached the end of yet another episode of the Legal Toolkit podcast. This was the one when we talked about workers' rights, and we've been chatting with Sam Pond of Pond Law Hockey. Now, I'll be back on future shows with further insights into my soul, the soul of America and the legal market. If you're feeling nostalgic for my dulcet tones, however, you can check out our entire show archive anytime you want at LegalTalkNetwork.com. So thanks again to Sam Pond of Pond Law Hockey for making an appearance as my guest today. Sam, can you tell everybody how they can find out more about you, the services you provide, and your firm? 
Yeah, you can contact us at Pond Lee Hockey, and Lee Hockey is my partner's name. It's L-E-H-O-C-K-Y dot com, and we'll be more than happy to help you in any way we can. Awesome. Check it out, everybody, and thanks again, Sam Pond of Pond Lee Hockey, for coming on to talk today. Finally, thanks to all of you out there for listening. This has been the Legal Toolkit Podcast. Thanks for listening to Legal Toolkit, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join host Jared Correa for his next podcast covering the current business trends for law firms. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the Unbillable Hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.